Welcome, everybody, to episode three of the newly named podcast, The Rebellion. So if you didn't listen to last episode, I decided to change the name of the podcast to The Rebellion, and here's why. I was thinking a lot about, you know, what I stand for and, and what I'm doing here, and a lot of it is about rebelling against the current status quo of living a regular life, you know? Working for some asshole, making less than 100 grand a year, you know, pretty much only having the money to live, so pay your rent, have a house, and, like, eat food, and then, you know, just little bits of, you know, money here and there to do the things you actually want to do, and that's no way to live life, and also not just the money piece, but also not having the freedom of your time, not having your freedom of time to do the things you actually enjoy, so we're rebelling against all that bullshit, and we're going to create live exact, we're going to create our lives to be exactly the way we want them to be. In addition to that, we're also all about taking personal accountability for all aspects of our life. We do not blame other people for our problems. We take 100% ownership over our finance, our health, and our relationships. The things that we spend our time on are getting ourselves better. We appreciate every single day, and we don't believe in you know having shitty Mondays or anything like that. Every single day is a gift, and we are able to trade that gift for things of worth by spending our time appropriately. Now, if you resonate with this message, I want you to join me in becoming a rebel against all that bullshit life. Life for fucking losers, dude. Life of not doing shit, taking shit from people. Fuck all that. Anyway, this is The Rebellion, episode three. So one thing I want to clarify is, uh, I believe it was episode one, I talked about how I don't give a shit about politics and I don't let it affect my life. And I've got all these people, you know, because I posted some clips of that, and people are like, no, that's bullshit, like, politics does affect your life, you know, interest rates, that affects you, gas prices, da 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 right, all this type of shit. Yes, obviously that stuff affects me. But here's my reasoning. I choose not to give politics the power to affect me. When I say politics doesn't affect me, I don't give it the power to influence my life. I'm not able to attribute blame to things that political officials do that affect my life. Instead, I figure out solutions to them myself. I take personal accountability for the things that happen in my life. So by not caring about politics and saying it doesn't affect me, I take away its power. This allows me to have personal accountability for everything that happens in my life. Look, life is a game. I've said this many times before. So when the rules are changed by the political officials, it's up to you to adapt. It's simply a rule change, right? And guess what? It affects the vast majority of people. So instead of complaining about it, we simply roll with the punches, we move on, we adapt, we pivot, we find a new way. That's what it's all about, dude. Instead of just blaming other people, oh, the politician passed this rule and now I gotta pay more taxes and this is fucking bullshit. No, dude, we figure out a solution. We make moves, dude. See, life is a game. The rules are set for everybody. I've said this before, people bitch about the hand they're dealt. And yes, some hands are better than others. But there's no sense in complaining about things that are outside of your control. So unless you're going to go run for office and make these changes yourself, sitting there and complaining about it is not going to become a net positive for you. Instead, we look at the situation, we analyze what has changed, and we figure out how we can make this work in our favor. We're always trying to spin things into positives. That's what we're about, dude. We're not just complaining about it. And along the same line, there's a lot of things that I choose not to give power, such as, you know, politics. Politics is just one thing that I've decided I'm not going to give that power in my life because I'm not going to believe in it. 
and then I'm very careful about the things that I do choose to give my power to. For instance, I give a lot of power to karma. I do believe that if you put good into the world, you're going to get good out. Is there any scientific basis behind this? I don't know. But it's a thing that I like and I want to give that power because I find myself that it helps me in my life be a better person and also, you know, realize things that are shitty and that you should not do. Because if I believe that, hey, you know, for instance, everywhere I go, I want to leave it better than when I found it, right? And that's with my energy, being a good person, smiling, lighting up somebody's day, right? I found that the more I do that, the happier I am and I get good out of it, right? So I choose to give the, the idea of karma a lot of power because it helps me be a better person. Um, another thing that I choose to give a lot of power to is physical fitness. I truly believe that being fit totally benefits every other aspect of my life. Now, there is scientific basis behind this, but I truly believe that the bigger, the stronger, the swoller I get, the more money I make. Are those two directly correlated? Probably not, but it's something I give the power to. I say, hey, the stronger I get, the more fit I get, the more money I make. I give this idea power. And when you start to believe in something, you start drawing connections and you create self-fulfilling prophecies. That's what I'm doing with this. And more than likely, the bigger I do get, the more money I am going to make because that opens up other opportunities to me, especially where I do a lot of things on social media. The bigger I get, the more attention you get, the more attention you get on social media, the more eyeballs you have, the more shit you can sell. So again, self-fulfilling prophecy. Another concept that I choose to give a lot of power to is vision. Now, there are people who will say, hey, look, like people like, uh, let's say Napoleon Hill, for instance, in Think and Grow Rich, he says, or there's tons of people like this. There's that um, Eric Nightingale, The Secret, right? There's all kinds of different things. And people who say, you must have a clear vision of what it is you want to do. Like you need to visualize the exact amount of money you want to have in your bank account. Now, here's the thing. Just envisioning it is not going to get you there. It needs to be backed by your everyday habits. When your everyday habits and your daily actions are in alignment with your vision, that's when it becomes impossible to lose, right? And this is a concept I believe so, so wholehearted in my life that I have these goals and these things that I can see so clearly. They're clearly defined. I know exactly what it is I want. But also my daily habits and the actions I'm doing every day back that up. And because of this, more opportunities just keep seeming to fall in my lap. I swear to God, everything I touch turns to gold. And everywhere I look, a new opportunity, a new person, a new relationship is made. Things like that just happen for me. But it's because my habits that I do every single day and my disciplines and my daily actions are in absolute alignment with your goals. If you just have goals, that's fine. You can say, hey, look, I want to go run a marathon. But if you're not actually going out there and doing the training, having the everyday habits, you're never going to go run that fucking marathon. Just believing in it is not enough to get you there. When things really start to work out for you is when your everyday actions are in alignment with your vision. Now let's talk about some things that I choose not to give power to. I've already talked about politics. Now we have another one that I truly believe is the dumbest motherfucking thing in the world that you can give power to. And that is your horoscope. So you got these people. Now, I personally choose to believe that they just are not original enough to create personalities for themselves. And they choose to believe that on the day they were born, or I don't know, between the days they were born, the fucking, the sky has some influence on what their personality is going to be like. Now, people believe in this, 
and it truly affects them because they, you know, they look at this app every day and it has a horoscope that fucking tells their future, what their day is going to be like, and also, you know, tells them about what their personality is. Now, when they feed into this and they give it power, they choose to absolutely believe it and they do create the self-fulfilling prophecies for themselves. Now, if you want to believe that you're just a huge bitch because you're a cancer, then more power to you. But I choose not to do that shit. Um, and here, here's the thing. Here's how I know that astrology and horoscopes are fucking fake. If they were real, then I would be able to talk to one of these astrology fucking crystal people and have a conversation with them. And based on a conversation that we had, they'd be able to learn my personality. And after learning my personality, they'd be able to tell me between which months I was born. But that doesn't fucking happen. And because that doesn't happen, I know that whatever you're selling is a crock of fucking shit. So, and also, here's another thing on this. It doesn't really, like, affect anybody or hurt anybody for them to believe in astrology. So, it's a low-level one of my gripes, right? Whenever they're out there, they won't believe the stars or affecting their life that's fine you know i know i personally am not going to feed into it let it affect my life but they're not endangering anybody so i guess we'll let them be but it's definitely something that's a topic i could fucking rant on it this all brings me back to this book i read and i actually didn't even read all of it i can't even remember who it's by but it's called transfusions and i read it because there was some twitter thread that some guy was talking about uh I believe the owner of Ike's Sandwiches, which isn't like a huge sandwich shop franchise, but they're definitely around. They're really good too. And the owner of it read this book and then he like built this sandwich shop empire. And I've read a thread on Twitter about it and I was like, all right, well, let me check out this book. It was a very like weird um, sort of holistic worldview, but there was a piece in it that I really pulled a lot from. And it's kind of what I talked to earlier about giving power to certain social constructs or, or social constructs. And they call these social constructs pendulums. So it says there are pendulums out there that you can feed your energy into. And pendulums whole goal in life or their whole existence is just to absorb energy from people. And it talks about different pendulums. Things like politics, for instance, is a pendulum or religion or any specific religion, things like this. And all their power derives from people who provide their energy from them. And that's what keeps them swinging. But if you choose not to give a pendulum power, you can simply acknowledge its existence, but you don't need to feed into it, you know, with your positive or negative energy, you take away all of its power. And this is something that I'm realizing in my life of identifying different pendulums and focusing where am I sending my energy into? being very conscious of how I spend my energy because I do not want to feed into bullshit that I will catch myself feeding into. So for instance, I'll see some like dumb fucking argument online or something, or maybe like somebody will comment something mean on uh, TikTok or something. And sometimes if I got time, I'll fucking sit there and I'll shit talk back to this person because I have fun with it. Now it doesn't really like affect me. It's not like my, my feelings are hurt, but I have fun shit talking back to people. And I realized, like, why am I feeding into this, right? It's just some person trying to take my energy. Who knows what's going on in their life? Maybe they're pissed off. I don't need to feed my energy into this bullshit. So it's something I'm working on with all things in life, even those, like, small, minute things. Now, I'm really good about big things. Like, I've talked about, like, the news is, like, a huge pendulum. And it's just spreading negative energy like fucking cancer. Out of my life, bro. I acknowledge that it's there. It does not affect me. We got force fields. We got fucking barriers around that shit. 
Gotta protect the vibes at all costs. You know, there's another pendulum, and I know I've talked about it before, but football. Now, here's the thing, dude. I would never let my kid play football. Like, I read some some statistic about how many kids, or how many, like, college athletes, how many high school athletes, college athletes, and professional athletes have CTE, and it's, like, astounding. I don't know exactly what it is, and I'm not going to look it up, but you can right now, and it is crazy. There is, now, look. I absolutely believe in kids playing sports. I think it builds, it's great for their confidence, great for their social skills. But dude, what the fuck? I'm not letting my kid just brash his fucking head into like other kids for years and years and years. That's gotta be terrible for your, your fucking brain. You only have one of those. So I don't get it. But that's another pendulum that people like, you know, put so much energy into like their professional sports team. And it's like, why are you doing this? I don't understand you know, what you get out of it. It's like, if your team wins, bro, I mean, why, like, why are you stoked on that? Like, you don't even know any of those people. They don't know you. You didn't, like, take part in that. You just were a fan. Like, you just watched them and you supported them for your couch. Like, you weren't even at the game. What does that do for you? And, and then they win. It's not like you get any money. I guess, I think that's the reason why. And the reason why I don't really understand professional sports is because I don't bet. Like, I have placed, like, bets before, but I just, like, don't care. I don't know. Here's the thing with betting, and I realized this. I was at the casino this weekend because uh, my girlfriend's family was in town. Her little brother just turned 21, so we want to take him out to the casino. But here's the thing I realized about the casino or betting in general is that it's not fun unless I'm going to win an amount of money that's exciting to me. But that same amount of money that's exciting me to win will piss me off if I lose it. But you have to wager that amount of money if you want to even have the chance of winning it. And so, and for me, like the, the risk reward ratio, like uh, opportunity cost just isn't there. So I don't like betting. And I think that's maybe a reason why I'm not like into professional sports, especially football. Because I know a ton of people, right, they love to bet on every game. And then they've got like the fantasy football bullshit. And they bet on that. So maybe that's it is. And that's where the disconnect is. Also, another thing about casinos. I fucking hate these hardos at casinos that are like, oh, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's not by the book. I'm playing blackjack, right? Me, my girlfriend's little brother just turned 21. This fucking old, like, dude who's drunk and pissed off, and he's a casino hardo. And then these other two guys that were just, like, chill dudes, whatever. And we're playing blackjack, and the dealer is showing uh, 10, and... Um, the two guys over here, one of them, I can't remember what one of the guys has, but the other one has, uh, he got two tens. So he has 20 and the, the guy says to split them and the fucking guy next is like, don't fucking do that. It's so fucking stupid. That's not by the book, whatever. And the dealer's like, yeah, don't do that. And the guy's like, no, I don't give a shit. Split them. He splits them. The guy hits blackjack on both fucking hands. Now, whatever. I know that it's a statistical anomaly, but whatever it's fun and i want to tell this guy that's sitting next to me who's getting all butt hurt if you really cared about optimizing your financial situation you wouldn't be sitting here at a fucking casino you jackass blackjack is not the truth dude <laughs> like i don't know do people watch like fucking 21 and then just decide they're gonna go be professional fucking gamblers stupid I believe the best piece of advice that I could give to somebody who is not really sure what they want to do in life is to learn how to sell 
and then find the most expensive thing you can sell and sell it. Here's why. Number one, knowing how to sell, influence, persuade, and close somebody is an invaluable skill that you will use all throughout your life. It doesn't matter. Every single social situation, being able to get somebody to see things your way is a powerful idea. Number two, when you're able to sell an expensive good, you're going to get commission. And the more expensive the good, the more your commission is going to be. So for instance, I started, I was selling shoes. Now, not like nice shoes, just fucking vans and shit. Those only cost like 40 or 50 bucks a pair. My commission is not that much. Then I moved up and I started selling gym memberships. Now, this is good because gym memberships are recurring, but my dumbass, it's not like I got like a portion of the recurring revenue, but it would get more expensive, right? I had gym memberships that were as much as like 150 bucks a month and I would get a commission on that. So that's a little bit better. But then I moved to houses. Now, houses is a really good place to start because pretty much every single person will end up buying one at some point in their lifetime and it's gonna be the most expensive thing that most people buy. Commission on there just gets bigger. But here's another thing about when you sell expensive goods is that when you're selling to people who can buy these expensive goods, you're building a network of people who can afford luxury shit. So, I mean, if I was coming in, you know, let's say I just graduated college or whatever and I wanted to learn something to sell, I would try and figure out how do I sell fucking yachts, private jets, fucking Rolex watches, shit like that, right? Really just any kind of Veblen good. So... I was, I was watching some Netflix documentary or something. It was called Explained, and it was about diamonds. And it talked about this concept of Veblen goods, which I remember learning in my economics class. A Veblen good is a good that as it gets more expensive, people associate it with better quality, even though it might not necessarily be so. So examples of this are like designer clothing. As designer clothing gets more expensive, people assume it's going to be better even though it's not necessarily. If you look at like the fabric in a Louis Vuitton shirt, it's probably shittier than what's in like a $100 Mizzen and Main shirt, but people assume it's better because it's got fucking Louis Vuitton on it. Same thing with diamonds, right? There's diamonds that as they get more expensive, people think that, oh, they're gonna be better, but really it looks the exact same as like a fucking lab-grown diamond. Same thing, but people assume it's better. One of the really interesting ones, one of the really most interesting Veblen goods that I learned about is uh, lawyers. So people assume that if the lawyer charges more per hour, that they're going to be better. And I thought about this and I was like, so you can sell the same product, but if you charge more, people assume it's better. I got to start selling Veblen goods. And this idea kind of started festering, you know, within my, within my mind. And I'm thinking about, you know, what kind of, what kind of Veblen goods can I be selling? And, um, and the answer was kind of obvious. It's just more expensive real estate, right? I mean, I'm already selling houses. Now, the houses I'm selling are not exactly the cream of the crop, right? In wholesaling, I'm looking for houses that the average flipper can go and buy. So we're looking for houses that are going to hit the majority of the market. These are like first-time homebuyer houses, houses, right? Something between like two hundred and four hundred thousand dollars. And we're also selling ones that are in you know, bad condition, that there's still money to be made, and there's meat on the bone. And I thought about it, and I was like, well, why don't I just start selling the most expensive houses? There's still ways to get meat on the bone, right? What about these luxury houses? Not just like nice houses, not like million dollar houses, but multi-million dollar houses. What if I could buy a house for three or four million, 
and eventually sell it for seven or eight million. And kind of got me thinking. And here, here's what I do. Here's the difference between me and someone else. So when I start thinking about things like this, it's not just like, oh yeah, that'd be a cool idea. I immediately start putting an action plan, right? Okay. Let's say I wanted to go flip multi-million dollar houses. Who, who do I know that can help me with that, right? So I start thinking in my head and, you know, I'm like, oh, well, there was this one guy that, you know, asked for, I was looking for private money for this other deal I was doing. And he wasn't a good fit, but he was definitely interested in investing in luxury products in Arizona. I'm like, okay, well, let's reach out to him, see if he'd be interested. Reach out to him. Absolutely, he was. Okay. Then I start thinking, well, I don't really know shit about the luxury market. But again, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. And me being in the situation I am where I deal with a lot of professional real estate investors, I started looking at some of these people who I've sold deals to and some of my mentors who I know are flipping luxury houses themselves and I reach out to them and I say, hey, I kind of got this idea. I can get some funding. What do you think? And I just kind of start piecing these parts together and making my vision become a reality. See, too many people will sit there and wait. They have analysis paralysis, right? They get an idea. They're like, oh, it sure would be cool to be doing this. But first, I need to wait until I have this saved up and that I've found and done this and that and whatever it is. Nah, dude. If I want something, I'm immediately figuring out what is the shortest way for me to get to that thing. And that's what I did. See, I'm always all about stacking the deck in my favor, Right, and that's, that's looking at who are my relationships that I know, who are the people that I surround myself with, and how can we bring them all together to achieve a common goal that we might all be searching for. Um, I'm pretty sure I've said it before, but in the movie The Incredibles, this scene has stuck with me. In the movie Incredibles 1, they're going to go get their uh, super suits made. And the little girl, her name's Edna, she has a quote and she says, luck favors the prepared. And I love it. And the thing is, is I am prepared to seize opportunities that come my way. Now, if I was just a fat, lazy fucking slob who didn't do anything all day, didn't put myself in positions where I would be able to meet people that I could connect together to make these opportunities work, then yes, this would not work for me. You, I wouldn't be able to do this. But because I'm prepared, because I'm out there ready to make things like this happen, I can seize these opportunities, right? I can take my relationships, take an idea, and manufacture opportunities by connecting these things together. You need to put yourself in situations where you're around people that you can do that for. That's why, like I said, selling expensive things, like if you're someone and you don't, and you're not sure what to do in life, figure out how to sell, sell the most expensive thing you can. That's how you're going to build a network of high net worth people that you can, you know, um, lean on when situations like this rise up in your own life. And if you're an enterprising individual, then they absolutely will. But, uh, you know, I have this idea, luxury home flipping. And it's as simple as, you know, I just zero in on the exact vision of what it is I want. I realize that it is in alignment with how I see myself and my vision for my life. And then I take inventory of my resources available. And then we exact a plan for exactly how to get there. And we start moving on it, right? 
Now, another thing I want to talk about is the best investments you can make in yourself. So I see like a lot of things on the internet, like, hey, wh where's the best place to invest $10,000? Or if I have X amount of money every single month, what, what would you invest it in? And I feel like it's all such nominal amounts of money. So I looked at it and let's say you have $1,000 a month that you can invest in something, which is probably even more than what a lot of people have, but I feel like that's a good number to start with. And if you invest $1,000 every single month into, let's say like a S&P 500 ETF, which I guess most people agree upon is gonna earn about 10% 10, 10 a year, then in 25 years, you'll have somewhere between like 1.1 um, and $1.2 million, something like that. Sure, that's a good sum of money. Let's think about it. I'm 24, let's just say 25. Let's say I do that, and when I'm 50 years old, I now have $1.2 million. Big fucking whoop, dude. What the hell am I supposed to do with $1.2 million when I'm 50 years old? That, dude, on $1.2 million, I can't be fucking hitting rounds at Pebble Beach and then flying to fucking Europe to watch, like, professional soccer games and then fucking hitting Formula One races. Can't be doing that shit. That's another thing, bro. When I retire, I want to be doing, like, now, also, I will never retire. I love working. I love doing deals way too much. Like, I don't want to just not do anything is what I will do when I'm like really gotten to a point where it's like, I don't need to do anything to, to sustain my lifestyle. I'm just going to become James Bond. I'm going to become James Bond. And what do I mean by this? I mean, I'm going to get really good at fucking shooting guns, driving fast cars and flying planes. And I don't just mean like, like I'm going to know how to fucking, you know, handle myself with some weaponry, right? I want to learn fucking like knife fighting and shit. And also just like fucking, you know, regular fighting, like, which clearly <laughs> I don't have any expertise in, but seriously, I would like to figure out like, what's the most badass martial art for fucking like kicking ass in, in case you need to, um, where's the most badass guy who can show me all these fucking different guns and what they're used for in different situations and how to use them. And I'm going to practice them with it all the time and figure out, obviously at this point, I'm going to have a fuck ton of like raw ass whips and I'm gonna have my fucking Lamborghinis and my McLarens and my Ferraris and my fucking Aston Martins. Some guy's gonna show me how to really fucking drive them, right? We're gonna go to the track, I'm gonna get fucking nasty with that. And I'm also gonna learn how to fucking fly all kinds of different airplanes, right? I'm gonna be getting in the fucking cockpit like I'm literally fucking Miles Teller. I'm gonna be flipping the switches and I'm gonna know what to do. Like in the event of a zombie apocalypse, I'm gonna be that motherfucker. Like that's what I wanna do with my life. That's a serious goal of mine is when I get to the point where I have like total freedom to just you know fucking do whatever the fuck I want that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna become James Bond um what was I saying oh yeah best investments so look a thousand dollars a month earning 10% a year earn 1.2 million dollars that ain't gonna fucking get me where I want to go so here's what I'd recommend if you have something like a thousand dollars a month or even less than that but if you're wondering what do I need to invest in now look if you just want to, like, when you, you know, turn however fucking old people retire and you just want to play golf at your local municipal golf course and, I don't even know, fucking eat brunch, I don't know, play bingo, whatever the fuck that regular retired people do, fine, whatever, invest in a safe, fucking do that thing. But for me, who want to be doing bad motherfucker shit for their entire rest of my life, I invest in myself. And this is two ways. First is going to be my education, Right. I'm constantly investing in how can I learn more skills to make me more money? Okay, we got some money. Who is a bad motherfucker at this that I want to learn, whether it's like copywriting or sales or 
digital marketing or um, you know, monetization of social media. Who's the bad motherfucker in that? How much do I got to pay them to teach me what they know? I think those are the best type of investments you can make. And the second thing is to reinvest into your personal brand. Let me say that again. The best investment that somebody can make is to reinvest into their personal brand. It is 2022, and I believe the most valuable thing you can have is a following on social media. These are people that you can help, that you can sell to. Like, if you are not building a following, I'm not sure what you're doing. It's, I, it's the most valuable thing. You, you have all these different people, people like Alex Ramosi and uh, Brad Lee, um, Jordan Belfer, all of these different really successful people, and they all made a bunch of money, and now they have a following. They're able to just keep building different products and making more and more money, and it's because they have a following. Once you're able to do that, the sky's the limit. You can sell anything the fuck you want, dude. Look at the guys like Mr. Beast, dude. He can just whip out. He can sell t-shirts and fucking cover his overhead for the rest of the year. He can create Beast Burger and, you know, make however much money he does doing that. There's all kinds of opportunities once you have a following of people. So I strongly recommend investing into that. Invest in buying a camera for yourself. Invest in hiring an editor. An Invest in hiring an editor to edit your videos. Um, or if you're like me, invest in White Label Studios to come and allow you to come and shoot a podcast in their amazing studio that I'm in right now, right? There's all kinds of different things you can do. And I know it's scary because you're putting yourself out there. But, dude, you are a fucking vessel of a human being. You should put yourself out there. You should share your talents with the world. And by doing it, there's only good things that can happen. I can't explain to you guys. I've said it time and time again to my close friends. The most important thing that I've ever done, the most important decision that I've ever made was to decide to start putting myself out there on social media. And it's something that I'm going to continue to very heavily reinvest in. A lot more than $1,000 a month for the foreseeable future of my life. Now, one, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, I get to, you know, meet so many different cool people. And also... Like you guys who have, you know, been listening to some of my episodes, uh, who've seen some of my clips and are seriously making changes in your life. That's exactly why I'm doing this. There are people, I didn't know them. And, um, before the internet was around, I would have never gotten the chance to meet the, or, you know, broadcast my message to this many people, but I've got people, absolute strangers who are reaching out to me saying, Tyson, like you've changed my life. You've ignited a fire in me and you have made me decide to do this, this, or that. And that's why the fuck I'm doing this, right? Because I want to light a fire in people. I want to show them. One, I'm, I'm there to fucking believe in them. I've, I've said it. I was very lucky, dude. I had a dad who always pushed me to be an entrepreneur. I've got a mom who made sure I had every single opportunity available to me. They both loved me unconditionally. Dude, if I want to do something, my mom was there to provide it and make sure that, that that was available. Not everybody has that. But I will step in where I can. And I at least will encourage and show each and every single one of you what latent potential you do have that you can produce and that you can show the world and you can grow yourself and create opportunities for yourself. So instead of now, again, I'm not talking to people who just want to save for regular retirement. That's fine. If that's you, that's totally fine. But that's not me. And if you are, you know, if you relate to me, what I'm saying Invest in your education. Learn a new skill that can make you more money. Two, invest in your personal brand. All right. I uh, created a little link 
on my pages where you can go and you can submit some questions for me to answer on the pod. Let's see. I really hope that somebody asked some questions. Okay, we do. We have some questions here. Let's see here. Okay, that's a good one. Yo, so I started wholesaling about five months ago. Hired a mentor I was referred to by a successful investor who's a friend. Spent 4K on the mentor, spent another 5K in marketing and setting up the business over the last five months, which included bandit signs, contracts, dialers, SMS campaigns, driving for dollars, skip tracing, etc. Okay. I'm 9K in the hole now and no deals done at all and no success. I don't get it. Looking for your input because now I'm too broke to continue, but I still know there's success to be had in the business. I just have to take a break due to finances. I pulled lists from PropStream and Batch. I'd text blast them. I'd use Batch Dollar to cold call. I'd drive for dollars two, three days a week. The bandit signs didn't work. Nothing worked. So I feel like I was either doing something wrong or I just suck at the business. Let me know your thoughts and if you've seen this happen before. I'm highly motivated and I want to be financially free and I don't want to give up on it because I see people like you who have changed their lives with wholesaling. My market was Tampa, Florida. Maybe I need to try somewhere less saturated and smaller, question mark. I don't know. Would love to hear your thoughts. You're the GOAT. Oh, fuck it. Thank you. Also, these are all anonymous, so I don't know who submitted that. All right. Lots to unpack here. Okay. So, homie bought somebody's course or their mentorship program. Spent 4K on that and then spent another 5K in marketing over the last five months. So he's spending $1,000 a month for the past five months. And it sounds like that included buying bandit signs, um, pulling lists, skip tracing, and then paying for some kind of text blast software and some and batch dialer. He didn't get any deals. All right. Um, now I don't really have enough information to make a completely accurate diagnosis of your situation, but my number one thing is I need to know your actual output. How many texts were you sending a day or a week and how many cold calls were you making a week without knowing that? Then I can tell you, there's also other factors in mind here. Like when you're pulling lists in batch and prop stream, what lists were you pulling? Were you just pulling random fucking data or were you actually niching it down to get the right, you know, to find the most motivated people you possibly can? So when I hear about somebody like this who has, you know, been putting in the work for five months, it's normally one or two problems. Number one is they're only doing the performative actions. These are the really easy things to do. It's the exciting things like ordering the bandit signs or pulling the list and skip tracing it, you know, setting up the dialer, driving for dollars. They're doing the things like that, that yes, it's a step in the right direction, but the actual important actions are taking actions on those things. So making the cold calls, being there to answer your phone when somebody calls the bandit sign number, sending the texts, nurturing these leads. So there's no way for me to know without knowing like how much time you've actually spent into cold calling these lists and sending the text, whether or not you should be having success. Because yes, you might've pulled this list and I don't know how many records it was, but if you only cold called it once, I'd be like, yeah, bro, no wonder you didn't get any deals. You need to do more. People need to realize when they see somebody like me, I've got a full operation, dude. We're making 250,000 cold calls every single week. 
that's a lot. Now, if you're just one guy and you're only making 100 cold calls a day, think about how long it's going to take you to catch up to my level of output. Now, I'm not saying this to scare you or saying it's not possible, but I'm saying that you really need to fucking 10x yourself, your own abilities to be able to make it work. If you just think that you're going to be able to kind of half-ass this, that's not the case, dude. You need to make sure you're not just doing the performative actions, the stuff that is the easy stuff the pulling the list and skip tracing, the ordering the shit, the exciting stuff. You need to be there when you're actually getting in the fucking trenches and it's time to start hitting the phones. Here's my recommendation, dude. You clearly have data because you pulled it. One, I would, and oh, also, here's the second reason is I don't know what the fuck kind of data you pulled. You can go on a prop stream and just pull fucking high equity lists or batch and pull high equity lists. There's going to be a lot of unmotivated people in there. That's why I teach people the systems that are going to be able to allow them to maximize their marketing dollars because they're only going to be marketing to people that we know are showing signs of motivation that could mean that they will sell their property to discount. We're filtering out all the bullshit, bro. When we're pulling a list, I do not want to talk to the people who have the super nice house that was just remodeled, who had listed on the market. No, I need, I want to talk to the people that are in pre-foreclosure who have recently inherited a house, who have a house that is currently vacant, who, who have a house that is not even in the same state that they live in, things like this, things that are pointing me to, to conclude that they might be in a situation of distress. All of these strategies, by the way, I give away for free. I have a full, on, on my YouTube, I have a full video called How to Generate Wholesale Leads that I show you exactly how I niche down the lists I'm pulling so I can get this information out of people. But bro, I mean, it sounds like to me that you probably don't have enough output or you weren't pulling lists right. More than likely, it's number one. You don't have enough output. Now, you say you're very motivated and you must be because, look, you are, you know, putting your money where it's, you are putting your money where your mouth is. You know, you're, you're, you're taking the first step of these actions, but you need to keep pushing, bro. In five months, I mean, I don't know how much data you pulled, things like that, but that should have produced at least one deal. If you're doing things my way, it would be. Um, go ahead and send me a DM and we can talk about, you know, some of the specific things and I'll point you in the direction of where you want to go. Not answering that. <laughs> Not answering that either. All right. <laughs> Some people are ridiculous. All right. Um, that is it uh, for today, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you guys listening. I do want to say, uh, do take advantage of the form. It's in the link in my bio. You can go ahead and submit questions if you'd like to get my advice on a situation or you just have a question for me. I'd love to be of help. Um, as always, guys, thank you for listening. I appreciate it all. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of The Rebellion with Tyson Smith. Thank you.